0: Chapter 1 of Robert Kimberly by Frank Spearman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bob Rollins in Augusta, Georgia. Robert Kimberly, Chapter 1 the dancing pavilion separated from the casino itself by an arched passageway and affording another pretty view of the lake in the moonlight was filled with young people when alice entered it will be cool here i think suggested dolly de castro leading the way for her guest the hickories is by no means a gay place she continued seating herself beside alice where they could see the dancers moving in and out of the long room and it isn't a club there's just this casino and the fields for golf and polo it's a neighborhood affair and really the quietest place of the kind in the lake country too bad you could not have been here three weeks ago for the kermis so miss venable said they're great fun we revive one occasionally to preserve the dutch traditions of the family continued dolly mrs charles kimberly imogene gave it this year last year i gave it you would have seen everybody especially the sea ridge people fritzie dear dolly paused to stay a slender young woman who was passing miss venable she explained still speaking to alice is our favorite cousin and will make you acquainted with every one fritzie venable whose lively brown eyes escaped beauty only through a certain keenness of expression stopped with a smile and waited on dolly's word i want mrs mcburney to go over to the nelsons after a while this dance is really a young people's affair dolly went on turning to alice these friends of grace's and Laura's and i don't know half of them take care of mrs mcburney a moment fritzie will you while i find arthur asked dolly rising and leaving the two together Alice looked after Dolly as she walked away. Dolly had the Kimberly height and preserved it with the care that gave dignity to her carriage. Her dignity indeed showed in her words as well as in her manner, but in both it battled with a mental intensity that fought for immediate expression. Dolly persuaded and dictated unblushingly, though it could not be said unpleasingly. I know you're enjoying Mrs. De Castro and her lovely home, said Fritzie to Alice. Of course, she added, as Alice assented, The Towers is on a much grander scale. But I think Black Rock is the homiest place on Second Lake. I suppose since I saw you yesterday, you've been all around. Not quite, but I've met many lovely people. You can't help liking Second Lake people. They are a kind-hearted, generous set, notably so for people of means. Aren't such people usually generous? Fritzie looked doubtful. People of large means, perhaps, yes. Indeed, the only trouble here is there are too many of that sort. Everybody is prosperous, and everybody, with, I think, two exceptions, contented. I, laughed Fritzie, am one of the exceptions, there being no possibility of preeminence in the line of means, I believe I have in my role of discontent a certain distinction, and as far as I can see, as much fun as anybody. In fact, I've often thought the only place where I should care to be rich would be among the poor. Where everyone overflows with luxury, distinctions are necessarily lost, and I like distinctions. Isn't this pretty for dancing? everything over here is pretty said alice the place takes its name the hickories from the grove back of it you see there's nothing about the lake itself to serve the purpose of a country club no golf course no polo field all this stretch of the eastern shore is a part of the towers estate but mr kimberley was good enough to set it apart for the rest of us you've met mr robert kimberley "'Neither of the Mr. Kimberleys as yet. "'There's Charles now. "'Fritzy indicated a smooth-faced, youthful-looking man "'coming in through one of the veranda openings. "'That's he speaking to Dolly. "'They call him the handsome Kimberly.' "'Alice smiled. "'For a man, that's rather a severe handicap, isn't it? "'To be called handsome? "'It suggests in a way that good looks are exceptional in the family.' And they are not, for his sister, Mrs. De Castro is very handsome, I think. Which brother is this? The married brother. The other is Robert. They call him the homely Kimberley. He isn't really homely, but his face in repose is heavy. He's the bachelor. Mr. McBurney tells me he's completely wrapped up in business. Rather, yes, of late years. That, I presume, is why he's never married. "'assented Fritzi with a prudent pause. "'Some men,' she went on somewhat vaguely, "'get interested when they're young, and women in general, "'and afterward never settle down to any one woman, you know. "'I should think that kind of a man would be tiresome.' Fritzi looked at young Mrs. McBurney somewhat in surprise, "'but there was nothing in Alice's frank eyes to provoke criticism.' They met Fritzi's with an assurance of good nature that forestalled hostility. Then, too, Fritzie remembered Mrs. McBurney was from the West, where people speak freely. Robert is deliberate, but not a bit tiresome, was all Fritzie said in answer. Indeed, he's not communicative. I didn't mean it in that way, exclaimed Alice. I should only be afraid a man like that would take himself so seriously. Fritzie laughed. He wouldn't know what that meant. You had music at your dinner tonight. Lovely music. The Hawaiian Singers. I was sorry I couldn't be there. They always come out to sing for Robert when they are in the States, and they're always in dreadful financial straits when they get as far from home as this, and he's always making up their deficits. They used to sing at the towers from Barges on the Lake, but the towers is hardly ever open nowadays for a function. The music over the water with the house illuminated was simply superb, and the evening winding up with fireworks," sighed Fritzie in pleasing retrospect. "'There's Robert now,' she continued. "'Do you see him? With Mrs. Charles Kimberley. They're devoted. Isn't she a slip? And the dainiest little thing?' "'Robert calls her his little Quakeress. "'Her people were Quakers. "'She seemed lost among the Kimberleys, "'though Robert isn't quite so tall as his brother, "'only more muscular and slower. "'Robert Kimberley, with Imogene on his arm, "'entered from the opposite side of the room "'and walked across the floor to take her to her husband. "'His face was darker than that of Charles, "'and heavier eyebrows rendered his expression less alert.' Fritzi waved a hand at Imogene, who answered with her fan and greeted Alice. And there comes Mrs. Nelson, the pale brunette. Heroic woman, I call her. She's been fighting her advancing weight for ten years. Isn't she trim? Heavens she ought to be. She lives in Paris half the time and does nothing but dress and flirt. And who is it with her? The stately creature with her is Dora Morgan. She's a divorcee she likewise lives in paris and is quite a singer i haven't heard her lately but she used to sing a little off the key she dresses a little off the key yet to say nothing of the way she acts sometimes they're going to dance a small orchestra with stringed instruments with a french horn hidden somewhere in a balcony began the faint strains of a german waltz the night was warm Young people in white strolling through dim veranda openings into the softly lighted room moved at once out upon the floor to the rhythm of the music. Others following paused within the doorways to spin out ends of small talk or persist in negligible disputes. The dancers wore the pretty Hawaiian lays in honor of the island singers. "'There were some interesting men at the dinner tonight,' said Alice." You mean the German refiners, yes, they're Charles Kimberley's guests, remarked Fritzi, as the floor filled there They are now in that group in the archway with Mr. Nelson, but the smaller man was not at the dinner. No, that's Guillot, the French representative of the Kimberleys. He and George Doane, the bald, good-looking man next to him, have the party in charge. You met the immense man, Herrir Gustav Bowman, at dinner. He's a great refiner and a Hawaiian planter. They're on their way to Honolulu now and leave within an hour or two in Robert Kimberly's car for San Francisco. The Bowmans have known the Kimberleys for generations. Should you ever think Air Bowman could dance? He's as light as a cat on his feet, but he waltzes in the dreadful European round-and-round round way. The black-haired man with the big nose is Lambert, a friend of his a promoter and a particularly famous chemist whom robert kimberly by the way hates he's a belgian i can't bear him either and heavens gayot is bringing him over here now to ask me to dance fitz's fear proved true however she accepted graciously as lambert was brought forward and bowed in making his request she did not fail to observe that though he bowed low lambert's bold eyes were glued on alice even while he was begging fritzie for the dance something in alice's slender face the white hardly touched enough with pink except under animation held lambert's glance alice already prejudiced directed her eyes as far away as possible under the inspection and was glad that fritzie rose at once Robert Kimberley joined Bowman and Edward Nelson. "'You've not told me yet, Robert,' Bowman began, "'how you put in your time here in the country. "'I have a good secretary and do a great deal of my work here, Gustav. "'But one does not always work. What else?' "'I remember,' he continued, turning to Nelson, "'the stories my father used to tell about the Kimberleys, "'your father Robert and especially your Uncle John.' Bowman radiated interest in everything American. Those men were busy men, not alone sugar refining, but horses, steamboats, opera houses, women. Always, always some excitement. Other times, other manners, Bowman, suggested Nelson. In those days, a fine horse had a national interest. Today, everybody's horse does his mile in two minutes. The railroads long ago killed the steamboats. "'Newsboys build the opera houses now. Sugar refines itself. "'Mere money-making, Bowman, has become so absorbing "'that a Kimberly of this generation doesn't have time to look at a woman.' "'Nelson,' protested the good-natured and perspiring German. "'No time to look at a woman? "'That at least cannot be true, can it, Robert?' "'Not quite, but I imagine the interest has waned,' said Kimberly.' When a man took his life in his hand on such a venture, the excitement gave it a double zest, the reflection that you are an outlaw but prepared, if necessary, to pay the price with your life. Nowadays, the husband has fallen lower than the libertine. If you break up his home, he sues you. There's nothing hair-raising in that. Will you dance, Gustave? i want very much to dance your women dance better than ours why your women dance beautifully nelson will find you a partner suggested kimberly i must hunt up mrs nelson i have a dance with her myself alice sat for a moment alone among the dancers robert kimberly moved past her with lottie nelson on his arm Alice noticed how handsome and well-poised Lottie was on her feet. Kimberly she thought too cold to be an attractive partner. Within a moment, Dolly came back. I can't find Arthur anywhere. He isn't on the floor, Mrs. De Castro. No matter how I let him find me, isn't it a pretty company? I do love those fresh faces, remarked Dolly, sitting down. The young people complain of our being exclusive. That is absurd. We have to keep quiet. Otherwise, why live in the country? Besides, what would be gained by opening the doors?" Dolly had a pleasing way of appealing in difficulties, or what seemed such, even to a stranger. "'We don't want ambitious people,' she went on. "'They're killing, you know. And we certainly don't want any more like ourselves, as Arthur says. Dolly laughed a little rippling laugh. We have social liabilities enough of our own. Arthur de Castro came up just in time to hear his name. What's that, Arthur says, Dolly? Oh, here you are! Exclaimed his wife. No matter, dear, what it was. It's certain Arthur never said anything of the kind, Missus McBurney interposed De Castro. If anyone said it, it must have been you, Dolly. Alice laughed at the two. No matter who said it, remarked Dolly, dismissing the controversy, somebody said it. It really sounds more like Robert than anybody else. You'll be aware very soon, Mrs. McBurney, continued De Castro, that the Kimberleys say all manner of absurd things, "'and they're not always considerate enough "'to father them on someone else, either.' "'Alice turned to her hostess with amused interest. "'You, of course, are included because you're a Kimberly. "'She's more Kimberly than the Kimberleys,' "'asserted her husband. "'I'm not a Kimberly.' "'Arthur de Castro, in apologizing, "'bowed with so real a deprecation "'that both women laughed. "'Of course the young people rebel.' persisted dolly pursuing her topic and her dark hair touched with gray somehow gave an authority to her pronouncements young people always want a circle enlarged but a circle never should be what is it you want arthur i'm merely listening don't pretend that you leave the men just to listen to me you want mrs mcburney to dance she's always like that declared de castro to alice whom he found pleasing because her graciousness seemed to invite its like just such bursts of divination at times they're overwhelming i remember how stunned i was when she cried quite before i could get my breath you want to marry me was she right laughed alice looking from one to the other absolutely is she right now "'Dolly is always right.' "'Then I suppose I must dance.' "'Not, of course, unless you want to.' Alice appealed to Dolly. "'What did you do? I said I wouldn't marry him.' "'But you did,' objected her companion. "'He was so persistent.' Alice laughingly rose. "'Then it would be better to consent at once.' Dolly rose with her. Two of the dancers stopped before them, a tall, slender girl and a ruddy faced, boyish young man. Grace, said Dolly to the blue eyed girl, I want you to meet Mrs. McBurney. This is my niece, Grace De Castro. The young girl looked with pretty expectancy into Alice's face and frankly held out her hand oh what a bloom exclaimed alice looking at the delicate features and transparent skin grace laughed happily alice kept her hand a moment you're like a bit of morning come to life grace and this is my cousin mrs macburney mr morgan said grace shyly larry morgan a bit self-conscious stood for an instant aloof Alice said nothing, but her eyes in the interval worked their spell. He suddenly smiled. "'I'm mightily pleased to meet you, Mrs. McBurney,' he explained with heartiness. "'We've all heard about you. "'Isn't Mr. McBurney here?' he continued, tendering the biggest compliment he could think of. "'He's somewhere about, I think.' "'We shall lose our waltz, Mrs. McBurney,' urged Arthur de Castro.' oh we mustn't do that let's run whispered alice taking his arm who is mrs mcburney asked grace of larry with an appealing look as alice moved away why don't you know her husband owns some beet plants what lovely manners she has grace spoke under her breath and so quiet where are their refineries larry in the west where in the west Somewhere out toward the Rocky Mountains, hazarded Larry. Denver? suggested Grace doubtfully. I fancy that's it. Anyway, exclaimed Larry coldly. We're buying them. Are you? asked Grace, lifting her soft eyes timidly. To her, Larry was the entire Kimberly sugar interest, and at the moment of making the McBurney purchase, he looked to Grace the part. End of chapter 1